Brethren, this morning we are meeting together by faith in the midst of a global pandemic. Already many businesses across this nation have shut down. And even during this time, some churches have shut down. And during this time, we are certainly mindful of our brethren who are enduring hardship. And we remember them in our prayers. But also at this time, we give thanks to God. As He said, in everything, give thanks. But also because not all shutdowns are a bad thing. We give thanks this morning that across the nation, the casinos and the liquor stores and the things that perpetuate sin are shut down. We give thanks to God for that. We give thanks that the mindless sport entertainment hubs are shut down. They can't inoculate the minds of the masses if they're shut down. We give thanks for that. We give thanks that this morning there are some false churches that have shut their doors. We give thanks for that. Now I'm not, I want to be careful here. I don't want to condemn any of our brethren who have elected to stay home during this time because they have made that a decision by faith according to their conscience. And if that's the case, God will honor it. God is their judge. I am not their judge. But we who have met here today, we have also met here by faith. We are persuaded of what the Scripture says, that wherever two or more are gathered together in His name, that Jesus is there in the midst. I want to be where Jesus is at. We follow Jesus whithersoever He goes. We understand that our brethren need to be built up in the faith. Rooted and grounded in Christ. And that this, the body needs edified. And that this takes place when the body meets together. And fresh considerations are shared during this time. And there are fresh insights into the things of God. There are things that we've gleaned throughout the week that need sharing, that need talking about, that need preached from the pulpit. But we take the necessary precautions. We don't, we don't want to tempt the Lord. We t- we've taken the necessary precautions, but nevertheless, meet it. we're meeting today because it's, an, it's essential. This is essential. During the shutdown, there are some companies who are not shutting down because they have been deemed es- essential businesses. Brethren, if it's essential for industrialized business to work to support the global economy, how much more Is it essential that the church works to advance the kingdom of God? See, this is why we're here today. Why are we here today, brethren? Because this is essential business. It's essential. If it's considered essential for us to go out and get food for the body, how much more essential is it to go and gather food for the soul? And this we will do if God permits. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful that we are able to be gathered here today. Lord, we pray that we would be mindful not to put ourselves in in positions that test You, but Lord, we are persuaded by faith that our gathering today here is essential, not only for us, but for all the brethren who are watching on live stream. Lord, we pray Your protection over this assembly, each and every person here. We pray your protection for anybody who's meeting together today in your name. We pray that you would be on each and every one of our tongues today, that we would be able to speak the things as we have seen them unto your glory, unto the edification of the church, and unto the love of the brethren. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Today I would like to consider our life in Christ Jesus and the reality that is only realized to the extent that we follow Jesus. Many people today have gravely misrepresented what it means to be a Christian. Today, the main emphasis of being a Christian is like belonging to a local church, regardless of how you personally live. I know this because I cannot count the number of times I have been asked, what church do you go to? What denomination are you? when they find out that you carry the name of Christian. Generally, this is the first 
this is the first thing that you are asked today when the Lord is brought up in a conversation. This is like the, this is like the go-to statement. I'm sure that each and every one of you have experienced this to some degree. It's not that it's wrong to ask a person what assembly they attend. But if this brethren has become the standard way of interaction with God's people, this ought to be a, a, like an alarming thing. That this is that this is the first thing. Notice today that rarely any person will ask you, "What can you tell me about Jesus?" Oh, you're a Christian. What can you tell me about Jesus? Or what do you know about the purpose and will of God? Could would you care to explain what you know what what you know about what God's doing on the earth? Their primary question is almost universally exclusive to what congregation you belong to and serve with and not the Lord that you belong to and serve. No notice this this is this is a shift of emphasis now. This is just it's just a 1 degree shift of emphasis, but nevertheless, it's a shift of emphasis, see? It's about what official doctrine you follow. What what official doctrine you believe and not who you believe. It's called Christianity. But hardly anyone I meet today wants to talk about Christ or knows anything about him. See, we're talking about an emphasis that's happened here. This is this is something that the enemy has done. He's gotten the people off on the subtle one degree path. Today, popular Christianity is a divided religion because in many places the emphasis is not where it should be. And so the people have entirely missed the point to a certain degree. The emphasis has been moved from the Lord to the organization. The reality of daily living for God. A moment by moment trusting in and leaning upon and following God has been lost for an experience to to a small compartmentalized time frame set apart to worship God. And many times that just means to entertain yourself and tickle your ears. Many of these places would deny what I'm saying is the truth and label this as hate speech. And I'm sure they would all claim to follow God. Yet the legalists are condemning our brethren who do not pledge allegiance to the authoritarian denominational position when the Lord has accepted them. And the Christian liberals are accepting people into the church that God does not accept but has rejected. Why? Because there's, see, there's an emphasis that's that shifted here. The focus is not really on Christ in many of these places. It's really on an official position or on the people or on the community or even a misconceived version of love. But it's not on God. If it were, there would be no such divisions. We're not Christians by being intellectual about God, although many of us in the world are known for our intellect. We are not Christians by reading the Bible, although we gladly and daily read it. We are not Christians by uttering an oath or making a vow or taking a pledge or accepting an official position, although many of us have done so in faith. We are not Christians by the good things that we do for others, even though we most gladly help the needy. We are not even Christians by doing what God has told us to do, even though all who live by faith obey God. Many people in the scripture did what God told them to do, and they were not Christians. There was a time when Israel kept the feasts and circumcised themselves and their children and performed the ceremonial washings and sacrifices and gathered for the day of atonement, but it didn't bring them one step closer to God. In fact, those who didn't do these things were either cut off or they died. People who transgressed the commandments were labeled unclean. They were shunned. They were stoned. Nadab and Abihu were burned with fire. See, mere obedience didn't change the people. We're talking today about following Jesus. That's what we're talking about today. Jesus plainly said, he said, so likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, 
Say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. That's a sobering word, considering that Jesus also said, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If what, if what men have labeled salvation doesn't make them a profitable servant for God, it isn't really salvation at all. If what you call Christianity doesn't genuinely profit the Lord, it's not Christianity at all. See, Christ isn't in something like that. What Jesus does produces things for God. If you abide in the vine, you will, you'll, you will produce fruit for God. The work of Christ has, has an eternal weight of glory, has an, has an eternal profit. We are Christians not, not by what we know, but by who we know. We are Christians not so that we can understand the Bible, but so that we can understand the God of the Scriptures. A true Christian is in truth a disciple of Christ. A disciple. They, they learn Him. We're, we're, lear we're not learning about Christ. We're learning Christ. There's a big difference. We're not the, the follower of a position, but we're a follower of a person. I'm talking today about, about following the person of Jesus Christ. How does one be... Yes, brother. The, the, there's two different vines. There's the vine of the earth, people that are attached and are actually anchored more in the world than they are in heaven. And then there's... Jesus said, I am the true vine. Mm -hmm. See, we, we've been joined to the Lord. Now, that, that changes us. And if it doesn't, well... Then we're not joined to the vine. I mean, everything, the vine gives all the nutrients to the plant, right? Every single thing that, that the fruit is came from the vine. It didn't create itself. The vine gave it all the nutrients. So if you're connected to Christ, he will be working in you. And um, so this is a sobering thing that we need to consider. Because either, it may not be that your whole person is, you know, in disarray, but there may be something. And see, with the vine, if there's something wrong with 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 the fruit, well, something something was blocking the support from the vine. Something's not right because it, it does, Jesus doesn't produce faulty fruit. He just doesn't do that. Amen. Amen. See, mankind was made to follow. See, we were made to follow. No, no one is a, a, autonomous in the human race. You're gonna, you're gonna either serve God or you're gonna serve the devil. You're either gonna be connected to the true vine or you're gonna be connected to the vine of the earth. See, that's, there's, there's, there's somebody, there's something that you're going to follow after. Mm -hmm. How does one become a disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, we have a record of it in the scriptures. Jesus came to Simon and Andrew right in the middle of the workday. He saith unto them, follow me, and I will make thee fishers of men. And, and they straightway left their nets. It was, a, it was an immediate reaction. He did the same thing with the other disciples. Matthew was also in the middle of his business, sitting at the receipt of the custom. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And he did the same with Levi, the son of Alphaeus. He was sitting at the receipt of custom and said unto him, Follow me. And he followed him. They didn't question him. There wasn't a questioning. They didn't ask why. Why, why, why do you want us to follow you? They straightway got up. They immediately forsook their business and they followed him. He didn't tell them where he was going. He, he merely said things like, I'll make, I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. He didn't, he didn't spell out the details. He said, follow me. Jesus doesn't have to explain himself to get people to follow him. They were, they were compelled to go with him. 
When Jesus said, follow me, they were compelled to go with him. When God has been working in the hearts of men, drawing men to Christ, when the truth is heard and believed, it doesn't require a lengthy explanation to grasp. It doesn't require an apologetic or a parable or a similitude. We're talking about following Jesus. We're talking about somebody that has heard the call. Follow me. It doesn't require an apologetic. In fact, most cases, that's only served to hide the truth. And didn't Jesus speak in parables that, that, that seeing that, it, that at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them? Wasn't that the reason why, why Jesus spoke in parables? Jesus says, follow me. Yes. And those who have blessed ears and eyes have no problem doing that. And God has worked it this way. He's worked this way even from the beginning. God told Abraham, The Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Didn't really give him a lengthy explanation. Just came to him and told him that. And mind you, Abram was 75 years old when he heard that. I'm, I'm sure he had a lot of kindred and a lot of things that he had to leave behind. That also kind of flies in the face of what some people say that, well, you, in order to follow the Lord properly, you got to do it from a young age. Otherwise, it's, you can't do it. He was 75 years old. He followed the Lord. Here we see that following the Lord always requires a forfeiture of something else. See, Abram, in order for him to follow what God said, he had to, he had to leave his father's house. See, he, had, he had to leave his kindred. He had to leave the land that he lived in. See, there was a there was a forfeiture associated with following after God. Jesus' disciples had to forsake their fishing business. They they had the Matthew had to forsake his tax collecting. Yes, Sister June. No, I'm oh. you go right there. Yes, Brother David. In uh, when Moses was raised up in all the wisdom of Egypt and in the raised up in the palace of the Pharaoh, he had to forsake all that to follow mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. He said in Hebrews eleven By faith, Moses, when he was Come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for your respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not during the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He had to forsake Egypt and all the all the prestige, the the treasures, the wealth, the everything that was uh, valued as worth something. He gave that all, all that up to be kind of part of the people of God and to follow God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to emphasize that following Jesus is not defined by what you don't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Got, we've got to be really really cautious about it. Amen. This. Because that's a it's kind of a law approach. Mm-hmm. This is Amen. what the epistles are all about. Yeah. Amen. Just what he says, setting your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Amen. It's not defined by what you don't do. Yeah. No. Amen. It's what you do do. Seek the things that are above. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Paul said, Follow me as I follow Christ. How did Paul follow Christ? Not although I had already attained the resurrection of the dead, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that which which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, that's the forsaking, and reaching forth unto those things that are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God and Christ Jesus. See, he counted the things that were behind as dung 
and he reached forth to the things that are before. There was a forsaking and there was an obtaining. There was both in that. Amen. Amen. Abraham had to forsake his kindred and his father's house and he had to hold on to the promise of God. God gave him a promise. And all of that, it yielded Abraham. That was a start. Amen. That's all it was. It was a start. Amen. He didn't really get anything. Amen. And say with Paul, when he, when he counted all things but loss, that was a start. Amen. Following's not a start. Amen. It's a posture of life. Amen. Yeah. Amen. There's not anybody that's going to be given to Paul that doesn't forsake. That's true. You have to forsake well, yeah, you if you're going to, to be able to follow. But, that's but the you're point. You're forsaking in order to follow. That's right. Exactly that's right. right. And that's, I think that's what you're. Yes. Amen. It's a great joy to forsake things that aren't profitable. Oh, yes. And when, whenever you come into and you're following Christ and you're giving yourself to the Lord, you'll find things. The Holy Spirit will help you illuminate things that need to be forsaken. See, this is part of that liberty in That's Christ. That's right. Amen. He's opened yeah. up the prisons. Yes. And we're at liberty to leave what yes. hindered us and what condemned us. And then in Christ, we have liberty to yeah. serve and to press forward. Amen. There was a, a rich young ruler who went to Jesus and said, Good good master, what do I have to do to, to, to have eternal life? That's what he wanted to know. What did Jesus tell him? Sell all he has, give it to the poor, and yeah. don't follow me. Yeah. Amen. When he when he told when when he, when Jesus told the that rich young ruler to keep those things which are in the law, and he said, I've I've kept those things from my youth, and he said, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute it unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. That was the prerequisite to following Christ was to forsake all that he had, see. And he essentially says the same thing to us as well. He said, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. See, he will not teach anybody anything that is holding on to something else. Yes, Sister June. Yeah, and that holding on takes different forms. That's right. Amen. If you take, for example, Abram, he was, he was wealthy. God didn't tell him. Sell everything, get rid of everything, and follow me. Mm -hmm. Why? Because his riches didn't have his heart. And he used what he had for the service of God. I'm sure Abram was a very compassionate type person Mm -hmm. and cared well for his servants. And you know what I'm saying? We don't have those details, but that's the the way a godly person is. Amen. But, um, and and, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, Mm -hmm. the condemnation there was not that they didn't sell everything. It was that they lied against the Holy Spirit and pretended to have done something that they didn't do. Mm -hmm. And so, because Peter said, while it was yours, wasn't it in your hand to do what you wanted with it? He didn't say you're condemned because you didn't give it all. Okay? We have to be wise in these things. If the You have to have a heart that if God says, get rid of it, you don't Amen. have any... We hold everything with Amen. an open hand. Mm-hmm. We realize it belongs to the Lord. Yeah. Whether we have much or whether we have little, it belongs to the Lord. The widow who gave the two mites at the temple, why was she, why was she um, noticed and, and uh, blessed by the Lord in this thing? Why? Because her heart was that the Lord came first. So Amen. at any point, doesn't make any difference. People kind of narrow this down to riches. But it is. it Amen. includes that. Amen. But it includes everything that is yeah. within our possession. Everything. Amen. It and they are the Lord's, not ours. Amen. Sister Benita. Now that's true with Abraham and Isaac, because Isaac had his heart. And the Lord asked him to give Isaac up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all have 
different things that are our heart. It could be our children or our spouse or anything. But the Lord wants to be first place. That's and right. He Amen. asks for us to give up the position. Give up yeah. uh, because he wants to be first place. That's and right. Amen. Well, he has to be vigilant. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah. said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren and his sisters and yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. See, there has to be an, an overriding preference for the Lord. God must be first. Amen. For him to take any other place than first is, uh, well, it, it's a lie. God is first. We're just recognizing the truth. Everything is from him and by him and for him and to him. That's the truth. And whenever we live like that, and the Lord gives us to see these things, we're living according to the truth. Yeah. And no lie is of the truth. God is perfect. He won't accept anything less. God will not accept second place. Amen. Period. Amen. You know, the, the following Christ is, is done in, the, mm -hmm. in an arena of conflict. Amen. That's right. You don't you make up your mind to follow Christ, and then that that at that point that answers the call. Amen. That's not it. That's Amen. Right. That's if, right. if 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 Paul is John Mark is helping Paul, and, uh -huh. and he he goes back home, mm -hmm. he quit following. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Amen. That's what happened. Amen. When Paul rebuked the Corinthians with a carnality, it's because they quit following. Amen. That's why. Amen. In Galatians, he rebuked them because they quit following. Amen. That's why. Even Ephesus was punctilious. Amen. In preaching the right things, but they left their first love. Amen. Why? They quit following. That's why. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes, brother. Yeah, in uh, Peter, he says, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. But he didn't end there. Peter saw that just forsaking something wasn't what salvation was about, although yeah. it was necessary. He said this, what shall we have therefore? See, so see that when you forsake something, it's in order that you might come closer. You That's might right. see him more clearly. If it, that your salvation is defined by Christ and what he's giving rather than what we're forsaking on earth. We do have to do it, obviously. I mean, it's all over the scriptures, but it's in order that we might receive the blessing. Yeah. Now, these, these churches in that were rebuked. Yes. I'm confident they didn't think they quit fall. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. But they had cut. So it's, it, this is how the salvation's arranged. It's in a battlefield with yes. a lot of stuff going on. Yes, amen. That's how you follow, will you follow Christ. That's right. Amen. Yeah, David said, My soul followeth hard after thee. That's how he said, Thy right hand upholdeth me. See, that was, a, that was only experience in a posture of hard following after. See, there's, I heard a sermon by Brother Roderick Hoffman recently. And he said, as we're following Christ, we're moving forward. It's a forward movement. It's a forward posture. And he said something that really stuck with me. He said it's a movement, not a monument. He said, don't, don't tell me once saved, always saved, and you're living with your neighbor's wife. He said, tell me once saved, always saved, and you're pressing it. If you haven't heard any of his sermons, I highly, they're, they're on SoundCloud. I highly suggest that you listen to his sermons. He was a true evangelist. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, daily, and follow me. Take up his cross daily. There's something to think about. Following Jesus requires denying, forsaking, bearing the repercussions of doing so, 
See, it's, it's easy to talk about these things. It's easy to open up the Bible and say, if anybody comes to me and hate not his mother and father and brother and sisters and, and the congregation said, Amen. But there's going to come a time in your life when that's going to be put to the test. There's going to come a time in your life, if it hasn't come already, where you're going to have to make a choice in between your wife and the Lord Jesus Christ. It could very well be that. There could come a point in your life where you're going to have to make a choice in between your career or the Lord Jesus Christ. The rubber's going to meet the road. Life is. Amen. Decisions. Yes, you see, those are those are monumental decisions. But the things that lead you astray aren't the monumental decisions. Amen. That's right. That monumental decisions happen because of this continual posture isn't there. See, some people, when the Lord's day turns around and they could be with the God's people, they choose not to be. Yep. At that point, they're not following Christ. Amen. No matter what they say. If they could, Jesus was in the synagogue on a Sabbath day. His life was threatened. See, this mm -hmm. is such a sensitive thing, you can't impose it on somebody else. Amen. It's, it's not that kind of thing. You gotta, you have to be conscious. You have to have a continual consciousness of God, and that's in a battlefield. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where it's going on. So you'll, you'll face thousands of decisions you got to make every mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right. Yes, brother. Yeah, they, in, in 2 Peter 2.15, it talks about forsaking, but it talks about forsake, they forsake the right way. Yeah. You see, everyone's yeah. forsaking something, Amen. and everyone's following something. They Amen. forsook the right way, so what happened? They were following the way of Balaam. So everyone's following something. They can say, right. well, no, I'm going my own way. Right. You're not going your own way. You're going either God's way or the devil's way. That's what's happening. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, when you follow Jesus, people will take note that there's something peculiar about you that that is that, that that's different than them. Why? Because you're following after Amen. you're following after him. He said, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. People who aren't following Jesus wherever he goes are not worthy of the name Christian. They're not worthy of him. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So if you're not following Christ, you certainly can't hear him and you can't really claim to know him. And you certainly can't boast that he knows who you are. You see, Jesus, Paul, Peter, John, mm -hmm. they told about a time when there was going to come a great right. falling away. Uh -huh. And the falling away was the church and, and hoes that would quit following Jesus. Amen. That's that's what they were talking about Amen. happening. And yes. when a person defaults to something else, they the following stopped. Amen. Right there, mm -hmm. when, he, when Ephesus left his first love, yeah, it was on the border of the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they he told Amen. Him, you, you repent and do the first works. Amen. You left your first love. So it, it's subtle, it's continual. Arm Amen. yourself with the same mind. Amen. It's a, mind, it's a mindset that a person has. Amen. Yes. The, he, he, Jesus Christ is the shepherd of the sheep. Yeah. We're, we're leaning the weight of our souls on our Savior. We're, we're trusting in Him. This is a, yeah. It's a wholehearted trusting. We're, we're following him like a like an army follows the commander in the battle. Yeah. See, we're we're following straight paths. Don't go around the trouble. Straight paths go through the trouble. See, and and we're following yeah. the captain of our salvation. And, and in that pressing posture, when the disciples followed Jesus, they had to move when he said move. If it was time to get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake, they got in the boat and they went to the other side of the lake. Mm -hmm. Now you'll never read where the disciples disobeyed Jesus. Amen. That's right. Yeah. Or Amen. They, or that they left Him. Amen. Or even questioned Him. 
That that that's what following Jesus that's lived out. See, that was lived out there. Amen. One person in the scripture wanted to bury his father after Jesus told him to follow. He said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. It isn't always convenient to follow Christ. It's a following that requires a continual pressing in. As you and as you press in and follow Jesus, there is a clarity. There's a clarity of life in this posture. There's a you can you can see danger where you where you would normally be oblivious to it. There's a there's a there's a light in this following. Jesus said, "I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life." How's that for a statement? The light of life. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. If you're following Jesus in that posture, nothing can take you away from that out out of your will. I'm going to follow Jesus. If that's your persuasion and that's your posture, nothing can take you out of that. Told the disciples that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. Now to follow him, you had to assess the situation. And said, you see it coming, get up to that mountain. Don't take anything with you. Don't go bother pack your bags first. Yeah, that's right. See that was that following that's a kind of decisions and I'll tell you now this this uh Virus that it's the church that's being tested. It's not the world that's being tested. Amen. It's the church being tested, and it's not doing too well in this. That's what's happening. Amen. And we'll find who follows who follows the Lord. Amen. Sister Jane. Yeah, you mentioned the, the scripture about the the man that uh, replied, "Let me go and bury my father." Yeah. Uh, at first reading, it sounds like maybe his father was already dead. But no, he wanted to delay following until after his father died and he buried him. It was like a a work in the earth he wanted to finish. And it's a, you know, nobody can take take offense at at wanting to care for, for your own. But Jesus, Jesus, when he asks us, to do something, he's not unrighteous. Yeah. He he may take us, but we have to trust that he's going to take care of yeah. any legitimate obligation. In other words, mm-hmm. uh, our trust in him goes beyond just ourselves. Mm-hmm. It goes to be righteous in all his deeds. Yeah, it was in Israel the patriarchs died; their children buried them. This is a custom, and so I could see this man as a Jew. This was this is what Jews did, is what they were taught. But in this case here, he had he had the Lord of the Jews standing before him. So this was this changed the situation. Amen, brother Rob. Did you have something? No, thank you, brother. Sister Vanita. Yes, uh, when Jesus asked his disciples to come follow him, notice that both times he, he supplied the fish to provide for their family yeah, yes, when they left. Because yeah, the first right. time was when they followed Jesus, you know, for his ministry. Amen. And the second time was when they were called to be the Jerusalem for Pentecost. Yeah. And he provided the fish for their families. Amen. Uh, he provided for them. That's right. I mean, that's right. He asked Amen. them to be their families, but he provided for them. Amen. That's like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, that's like whenever he commanded that all of the men go to Jerusalem yeah. so many times a year, and he told them, he says, during those times, the heathen are not going to come yeah. and take your land or disturb that's your right. goods. I will, I will protect. The ones that you normally would be protector of, 
while you come and serve me. Amen. Remember when Jacob was traveling with his family mm -hmm. through the hostile territory? The Lord said he commanded that, that people didn't pay attention to He had a whole herd of birds. There's a big group of people in Amen. the water flocks, but he, he turned the hearts of the enemies. Amen. Well, that's the same Amen. thing. When following Christ, this same thing kind of Amen. happens. See, and David knew that. He wrote about it. He said, Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted and thou didst deliver them. That's see? Right. Everyone who trusts in the Lord, God will deliver them. See? Yeah, he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. The time comes when you'll be, you'll be tested. Amen. Personally, you'll be tested as to whether you accept that or not. Amen. Yes. You could even be, you could even be tested with your own life. It might even cost you your own life. But the Lord, whatever we forsake for the Lord to follow Him, He always there's always a greater compensation. He said, "And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands that's after they that's after they their faith was tested, after they had to choose between their children or the Lord or their wife or the Lord, they chose the Lord. This is a promise to them." Anyone that's done that for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Receive more now. Amen. And yes, Amen. So now you have you you're added to the body of Christ. You have a lot of mothers and a lot of fathers, a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters. Some people that have been converted. Have a lot of children who Christ never did have children. Amen. Amen. That's right. Because it's one one body. Amen. Brethren, have you forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother? Have, is that your experience? You shall inherit everlasting life in that kind of a posture. Everlasting life. Those who would, would identify themselves as the people of God would do well to mark that it did not go well in the Scriptures with those who did not follow after God. There's enough said about this. When the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel and He swore in His wrath that they would not enter the promised land, it's because they did not wholly follow. How's that? Wholly follow. Not just follow for a time. We're talking about holy follow with all your heart, with all your strength. They followed right up to the border of the promised land. That's right. How's that? That's right. Across the river, across two rivers to get there. But see, it's spoken of Joshua and Caleb that they did, they did holy follow. They wholly followed Him without the Holy Spirit. They wholly followed Him without the Bible. They wholly followed Him without the access that we have to God. How much able are we able to wholly follow Him? We're able to wholly follow Him. Following the Lord involves your heart. It involves your whole heart. It's a following according to your desire, not according to your intellect. The, when, when Jesus went up to, to Simon and Andrew, they were fishermen. They weren't like intellectual, technical scholars, although although they did know what the Bible said. They they weren't ignorant about what God said, but they weren't studied and learned. The, the, the Scripture says they were unlearned men. They they weren't part of the religious institution. Ignorant of Scripture, they just had not studied in the schools of Amen. the the Pharisees yeah. and the the leaders. Amen. It was it was the um, the like the traditions and the you know the things that that the Jews followed made them the wise people, the rabbis, so to speak. But now intellect, in and of itself, is not the deal. God, as long as whether you have, well, Paul, I mean, he was, apart from Christ, he was 
probably as yeah. studied as anybody in the scripture. Mm -hmm. But see, he submitted that to the yeah. service of God. Mm -hmm. God was his primary desire. So as he, as he thought upon the things that, that he had learned, those things were thought according to the mind of Christ. I think it, it goes without argument that Jesus was the most intellectual of anyone who ever walked the earth. But you don't hear him talking about how smart he was. That wasn't even a deal. He knew the mind of the Father. Yeah. He did the will of the Father. He was wisdom. He's made to us wisdom. And the knowledge, the whole point of our intellect, whatever capacity we have, is that it can be applied to knowing God and receiving what he has communicated. Amen. You know, those Peter and Andrew and James and John knew how to run a business. Yeah. Yeah. They knew how to appropriate boats. They knew how to mend nets. Yeah. Men of Issachar, they weren't educated by Gentiles, but they knew the times. Amen. And what Israel should do. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> A spiritual mind it'll advance it'll advance your ability your earthly abilities. Amen. Brother Fred used to say that there were people who were educated beyond their intellect. Yes, right. Amen. <laughs> and those people are That's identified right. by not be, being able to use that knowledge profitably. Yeah, we would Amen. love to see this, that the, the most non-contributory people yeah. in, the, in the business world are the educated people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know this because some of these people work for me, so I know... Mm -hmm. And the, the least qualified to do thinking are college graduates today. Mm -hmm. There are some exceptions, I understand there are some exceptions. But when you when you know the Lord, you have a better ability to reason than Amen. other people that are trained. Amen. See, I, the, the, I experienced that myself. Yeah. I was made a head over a, a large part of a large industrial company that I knew absolutely nothing about. But I knew how to reason, mm -hmm. and so I just I just said, tell ask the people tell me what what you what you work with, and I'll figure it out myself. And the difference is first hand knowledge and second hand knowledge. Yeah. To know the Lord, it, now you talk about access. To know the Lord, what does the <clears throat> Lord not know? <laughs> And you get George Washington Carver was a great example of that Amen. in our times. Yeah. Amen. He was a slave, and he asked the Lord to show him. Amen. You know, the, it, God's answer. He says, "That's that's too big for you. Amen. I'm going to show you the peanut. Show me the great mysteries. Of the yeah, universe. that's too big for you. I'll show you what what you can receive. And what did he do with that? Yeah. yeah. Amen. So we'll start with. <laughs> he said, "We'll we'll start with the peanut." <laughs> One of the smallest of all nuts. Uh, amen. <laughs> That's amen. an example of what we're talking amen. about. Amen. Amen. The, the Hebrew children, they followed after the Lord. They they said, well, we're, we're, let, let's not eat the king's meat. We'll eat only vegetables. Right. And after that time was, was found out, they were, they were found out ten times better yeah. than the others. See? These are like teenagers. Yeah. They amen. learned the language. Amen. They learned the language of the Babylonians. It wasn't the language Amen. of the B.C. language. Amen. They learned that. They picked up on all this stuff. Amen. Outdone everybody else. Amen. See, the spiritual mind certainly can. We're living in God's world. The spiritual mind certainly can enhance your natural talents and abilities, but your natural talent can never produce a spiritual mind. And that's what we're talking about. It's just the opposite. Instead of the natural enhancing, it's this over here enhances the natural. Amen. Amen. You see, following after the Lord, it involves your heart. Yeah. Said, yet yeah, turn not aside. This is a First Samuel twelve twenty. Turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. See, that's that's a that's the following posture. 
drill the whole army was trembling at this phenomenal giant who had some brothers as big as he was. David thought he thought different because he was different. Mm -hmm. He was he was full of confidence. He ran to meet Goliath. Amen. <laughs> he didn't sneak through the bushes. Amen. See that was he, that's what that was. To, if you follow the Lord, this is what the Lord does for you. Mm -hmm. okay. Amen. It's spoken of David that he followed the Lord with all his heart. That's First Kings fourteen eight. And then God said, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me. See? If we're not following Jesus, we're following something else. Those who do not follow the Lord, it's written that they followed after other gods. Some of them it's written, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink. Some have followed their own spirit. That's Ezekiel 13.3. Some have followed after their lovers. Some followed after the east wind and was made desolate. That's Hosea 12.1. See, we were, we were made to follow. We were made to follow. They talk about it. They call it addiction. Slave is a better word. Yeah. But they take they don't lay the responsibility for that on the person. It was a habit that gripped them. It was a choice. That That's they right. Made. Amen. They were they until, until that scene, any change will just be a change of habit. That's all. Mm -hmm. Amen. But they won't take away the appetite. Amen. But when the person's changed, it takes away the appetite. Amen. And the appetite is devoted to something else. Amen. See, a person has to get to the point where they can see, I'm, I'm serving this, or I'm following this. I want to follow the Lord. Amen. Amen. Is there any other closing comments from the brethren? Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would give us grace to follow you wherever you go. That you would give us grace to lay down our lives, deny ourselves, to take up our cross daily, to bear the repercussions for following you, knowing that we will receive a hundredfold both in this life now and everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Lord, help us to live in the posture of the things that lie ahead for us, even as Christ endured the suffering of the cross for the joy that was set before him. Lord, we're thankful that we've been made accepted in the Beloved. We're thankful, Lord, that we have access to You. And we're thankful that You are a good God, that You are a loving God, and that You have promised these things to those of us who believe. I pray that You would help us to follow You evermore. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.